Hi, and welcome to The Gene Space, where I talk about music, life in an autistic household, writing, and whatever random rabbit holes I've dived down lately. I'm so glad you're listening today. Happy July! I love summers because of all the different things stuffed into them. Vacations, performances, fairs, farmers markets, camps, the kinds of things that fill up the well, um, and also conventions, specifically conventions that gather instrumentalists together. The International Clarinet Association holds one, usually in July, where clarinetists gather in a place where it's not just acceptable, but expected and safe to geek out about reeds and ligatures, to hear fabulous performers, to try new instruments, to see uh, what kind of equipment people are coming up with, and lots of other things. This year's convention has wrapped up. It was in Denver. I didn't go. I'll only go once every few years. But for the musicians in my audience, I highly recommend checking out what kind of meetings are happening with your instrument and going to one. I'm trying to work up the courage next year to go to a flute conference of some sort myself. Enjoy the show. In July of 2019, a couple of thousand clarinetists, myself included, descended on Knoxville, Tennessee to attend the annual International Clarinet Association Convention. I go to an ICA convention about once a decade, and I'd passed through Tennessee a few times as a kid on our trips from Virginia to my Texas grandparents, but Tennessee was strictly a drive-through state for my family. Knoxville, which is located in the Tennessee Valley, was totally new to me. I liked it. The downtown area was compact and delightful, with plentiful green space, interesting public art, and fun restaurants and shops, plus a nearby river. It was extremely walkable, which is a plus, with only the minor drawback that I found myself walking a bit faster than the Tennesseans. City life in cold climates tends to speed up one's pace. The ICA events mostly happened at the University of Tennessee, which was a bit more than a mile from my hotel. Free trolleys were available, but in the mornings, before the heat came crashing down, I would usually walk over to the university campus. One day, I cut through the World's Fair Park. Knoxville hosted the World's Fair in 1982 on the way to UT, and I found something unexpected yet serendipitous a 12-foot-tall bronze statue of the Russian composer Sergei Rachmaninoff. How did it get there? The answer's interesting but a bit sad. Rachmaninoff, who was a pianist as well as a composer, gave what turned out to be his final concert in Knoxville in 1943, and then he died five weeks later in California of melanoma. He had also recently become an American citizen. The statue shows a tall, bony, slender man with enormous hands. Finding this statue felt serendipitous because an excerpt from one of Rachmaninoff's compositions is on the short list of many clarinet auditions for orchestras. Probably at least one of the master classes at the convention would touch on this excerpt, which is from the slow movement in Rachmaninoff's second symphony. It's an enormous clarinet solo 
slow, and with places to breathe few and far between. The way to get through it successfully is by relaxing, taking a full, humongous breath, thinking through to the end of the phrase, even if it feels as though your lungs are going to burst if you don't take in more air, and never, ever rushing the melody. I have to admit, rushing's an issue for me in numerous life dimensions. It's not just walking faster than Southerners. I always want to get onto the next thing before I've absorbed the present, sometimes before I've even noticed the present. Teachers filling out my report cards from kindergarten through sixth grade pointed out that I tended to hurry through my work and turn in papers that were messy. On reaching UT's modern, stylish buildings, blessedly air-conditioned, I remembered an audition I took once. It was a practice audition, a warm-up for an important one. I expected that I might make some nerve-induced mistakes and theoretically welcome the idea of critique. And boy, howdy, did the critique come. After a bit of pro, you sounded great, your technique is solid. The conductor gave me the big con, but you were rushing like crazy. So much that he moved me down from the first section to the second section because of it. Unless you were unusually nervous, he said, giving me an out that I didn't take. I went home and worked like heck on de-rushifying my playing. The important audition included the Rachmaninoff, which I didn't rush, and I got the position. I'll probably never fully master my rushing tendencies, but I can at least be aware when I start to get too far ahead of the beat. I seek out models who have such a solid sense of pulse that they can spin out a melody that's not necessarily right on the beat but still syncs with the song. After a day of workshops and recitals, I took a different route from UT back to downtown. I was walking at a good clip, thinking ahead to how nice it would be to have a cocktail at the Hyatt's rooftop bar. At a zebra crossing, I started towards the other side of the street. A pickup truck was approaching the crossing, so I broke into my usual pedestrian triple-time shuffle. That's what I always do with oncoming vehicles back home in Massachusetts. The driver leaned out of the window, smiled, and drawled, Take your time, darling. I'm trying, sir. I truly am. Thanks so much for spending a bit of your day here. My struggle with rushing when I'm playing music is not over, but I have made a fair amount of progress with it by doing things like sometimes setting the metronome uh, beat to once a measure rather than once a quarter note or an eighth note. And I highly recommend this because it allows for flexibility, but it keeps the big beats steady. However, in my daily life, rushing's still something of a struggle. It feels pretentious, reminding myself to be present more. Um, What's next? Hanging live, laugh, love signs on the walls? (laughs) Mm, No, but I think it's a good thing nonetheless. Paying attention to things while they're happening, not focusing on getting to the end or getting to the next activity. It's hard, because it means I've had to abandon or minimize some of my self-soothing strategies, like counting things. 
Counting had evolved into figuring out how many pages we were into the church bulletin, or numbers into the program, or stoplights to go, or to-do list items undone. Um, And um, that was taking me way, way too much into the future. It's worth it to try and figure out a different strategy. Today's essay comes from my WordPress blog, which is also called The Gene Space, if you'd like to read the original or some of my other work. Also, if you're inclined to support this show, that would be much appreciated. Every little bit helps. There's a donations button on my homepage. Until next time, be well.